Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend Daniel Harley, the senior pastor of Royalty House International, Peter Maritzburg. Reverend Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Ah, if he's asleep, why are you going to wake him up? Then he said, Look, brother, he's dead. That's what I was being that's what I've been trying to tell. He's dead. I have to go and wake him up. Let's be serious. He's dead. Do you get it? Uh-huh. So the reason why when you sleep each night you wake up, it's not because your alarm rang, it's because God's spirit comes every morning to come and breathe life back into you. Then you wake up. If you think it's by your alarm, tomorrow, what's the, what's the name of your hospital? You have a mortuary there. You can take the whole church there. They should all take the alarm clocks there. And let your alarm ring and see if somebody will wake up. I mean, you can all set your alarm to the loudest and let it ring and see if somebody will wake up. Nobody will wake up. It's the holy it comes, then he breathes into you. Then you wake up again. Ah, that's when you wake up. Then you take your phone, you are checking WhatsApp. Nah. <laughs> Oh God. So we all need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a good gift in our lives. Why why don't we that, why don't we know that we need the Holy Spirit? Because we don't know who the Holy Spirit is. We don't know what he does. What he brings into our lives. So in these 3 days, I'm going to believe God to number 1 show you who the Holy Spirit is, number 2 what he brings into your life, and number 3 the effect of having the Holy Spirit in your life. Hallelujah. So if I get the opportunity, these are the things I wish to talk about. If I don't talk about them, please don't blame me. That's what I I attempted to do. So the question I want to answer tonight is, who is the Holy Spirit? As soon as it's nine o'clock, somebody should let me know and then I'm done. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Now, to Actually, know who the Holy Spirit is, it's important that we all understand the doctrine of the Trinity. What we call the Holy Trinity. Some Christians have not heard it before. Some have heard it before. Those who have heard it before, some don't know what it is. Some have an idea what it is. Today, in the shortest possible time, I want to break it down to you. In a way, because we need to understand that first before we can even know who the Holy Spirit is. Hallelujah. So the Trinity is talking about God. The Godhead. Who God is. Or what God is. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4. Bible says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God. Hallelujah. So he, this, is, this is the scripture before it says, and thou shalt love the Lord with all thy heart, all thy might, all, all this, this. Before he told them who to love, he established with them that God is one. Hallelujah. God is one. We serve one God. And the God that we serve is called God. Tell your neighbor God. I'm trying to make it as simple. What's your name, G? Yebo. Tebo. Tebo. 
Good. Teboho, the God that we serve is one God. Okay. Now, when you hear the word Trinity, immediately you can hear three in, in, in it. You get it. So some people are, do Christians serve three gods? Do we have three gods? No. We have one God who is who has three different personalities. Hallelujah. Amen. So he says, where is it? Six verse four. 64, 6 verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, are you there? The Lord our God is one Lord. Anytime you see Lord with a capital L, he's talking about God. You say, say, he's one God. Simple. Do you get it? Yet, we say this God has three personalities. Three different personalities. Okay? What are these three personalities? God the Father... God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Why? Come along, don't get lost. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That is what makes the Godhead, which is what we call the Trinity. Hallelujah. And Moses establishes to us, because it's Moses who introduced God to us, basically in the Bible. And he establishes to us that the, although we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, God is one. End of story. But he has three different personalities. Matthew 28, 18, Bible tells us that baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Already you can see the three gods there. Is that not so? Or three, not three gods, but three persons there. Alright? 1 Corinthians 13, 14, Bible tells us that, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you forevermore. Yet again, you can see, Lord Jesus Christ, love of God and fellowship of the Holy Spirit. You can see them, the three there. Alright? In 1 John, I think 5, 7, Bible says, and there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. Then here he makes it clear. He says, and these three are one. These three are what? One. So he's establishing to the people that in heaven, there are three powers. God himself, which is the Father. The Word, which is the Son. And the Holy Spirit. Then he says, all these three is one God. Hallelujah. So he establishes to us all these things. So the Godhead has three persons in one God. Very simple. Very, very simple like that. So then, to answer the question, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the third person in the triunion God. You understand it now? In the triunion God, we have God the Father, then we have God the Son, then the third person is God the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So somebody once asked me, is the Holy Spirit God? The answer is very simple. Yes. The Holy Spirit is God. Is Jesus God? The answer is very simple. Yes, he's God. I wonder when they will ask me, is God God? Hallelujah. He's the third. Now, when we say he's the third person, this is where a lot of people get left behind. 
It's like, so if he's the third, are you saying he's the third most powerful person? Or even let me answer another question first. How can you have three persons in one? Let's do a little science. In science, we have a substance called water. How many of you know water? Good. Hot water, not even hot water, just water. Water is composed of what? Two atoms of what? Hydrogen and one of oxygen. That's why it's written hydrogen two oxide. How many of you are science students? No, we have lost Abigail. I've lost you. <laughs> so when you see water, do you see water in its basest form is a composition of two hydrogens and one oxygen. That's the mixture that gives. If you mix it in any way, you won't get water. Are you understand what I'm saying? Like this, this, this thing. If you mix it in any way, you, so basically in this bottle. There are twice as much hydrogen as there is of oxygen. I'm now I'm saying it in English for art students. If you do like sociology, uh, philosophy, psychology, you are this for you. I said if you divide this bottle into three, two of it will be hydrogen, and one will be oxygen. Clap for Jesus, please. Now you get it. Yeah. Good. So that's water. That's water. Water's the composition of water. Now, this water, when it's in, it's in this state, liquid water, it's water. If we put it in the freezer for days, it will freeze and become what? What's your name? Is your name ice? He didn't tell me. I, I wouldn't have even taken the water. I would have just taken you and be seeing you as the. What's your name again? Tando. Good. And Tebo. Good. Tando. And are you together? Brother, sister, husband, wife, man, mother, father, father, daughter. Which which one are you? We'll talk about that later. Good. If we put this in the freezer for days, like she said, Tando, right? Like Tando said, it will become what? Ice blocks or cubes. Is that not so? Is it still water? I, please, I'm asking a question in English. Is it still water? Good. Now, when we put it on fire and it boils and it begins to evaporate, what do we get? No, uh, don't say that again. You are from Marysburg. If you say that, it's like you are camping my style. Steam, okay, that's steam. What do you call the steam? Vapor. Amen. Say a nice amen. amen. Now, is that vapor also water? How can we have the same water? It's ice block, it's liquid water, and it's still vapor. How can we have it? Do you get it? That same way, it's like the disposition of it is what gives a name to it. When it comes to God, he can also be in three dispositions. That's, that's all I'm trying to tell you. Three different dispositions. Three different dispositions. So, depending on what you need and which type of substance you take. For instance, 
You are thirsty, you have been running, you are gasping for breath, and you appear. You ask for liquid water. You don't ask for vapor. You don't ask for ice block because vapor, yes, when you take in vapor, eventually it will quench your test. But it will take forever for the vapor to condense again and become water in your system. Are you coming along? Now, if we give you ice block, you may have to chew it to just quench. That will also take a long time to melt. So, in that instant, you need liquid water. Now, you go out, maybe they bring you a drink, it's not that cold, but you want to chill it up. Still, you need a water substance. But in that event, you still don't ask for vapor, you ask for ice cubes. And they come and they do their purpose. Do you get Now, you are feeling very cold this winter. And you want to warm up yourself. You don't ask for ordinary water, you don't ask for ice block. You ask for the one that we call steam. That's why in the sauna, you have the steam. It's all water. In that same way, depending on what you need and which of the three personalities of God that you use, depending on what you need. Depending on that. That's what you use. Hallelujah. Now, back to what I was saying. The Holy Spirit is the third person in the triunion God. Now, many people get left behind when we say the Holy Spirit is the third person in the triunion God. Why? Because they start to think, so are we saying he's the third in command? Are we saying he's the least powerful, the least glorious, the least anointed, the least whatever word beautiful, the least magnified? No. He's only the third person. But he's equally powerful, equally God. That, that's what a lot of Christians are afraid to say. That the Holy Spirit, should we worship the Holy Spirit? He's God. Who else do you want to worship? He's God. Who else do you want to worship? Hey, one day I gave a guy a book. He read the book. When he read the book, later he came to see and said, no, I'm afraid. I don't want to continue reading. I said, why do you want to? Because that book, I mean, Anybody who wants to be spiritual, I recommend the book to the person. Because there's, there's somebody inside the book. When you start to read the book, the person will come out. Of the, it's, it's, it's amazing. There are only three books in this world that I have read that have that kind of effect. Yeah, that have that kind. It's like as you are reading the book, the person in the book will come out. Of, you, you will see the person come out of the book. Yeah, if you don't believe in miracles, you understand me. You, it's like the book, you are reading it. You are reading, then you will get to a point you can see that the person in the book is out. Yeah, when you, you can feel maybe the person is here, you'll be telling, ah, is he here? <laughs> that book is Good Morning, Holy Spirit. It's the most powerful book on the Holy Spirit I've ever seen in the world. Yeah, I don't think anybody can write anything better like that. That's a human. So when he read the book, he said, now I'm beginning to worship the Holy Spirit. I don't want to read this book again to make me backslide. He said, you have missed the point. Actually, that's the point. So that you can really see who the Holy Spirit is. So tonight, my intention is that by the time I am done, we will all know who the Holy Spirit is and we will accord him his rightful position. Hallelujah. So when we say he's the third person in the triunion God, 
He's not the lowest person in the, in the system. No. No. He's as powerful as God. And he's as powerful as, yes, he's as powerful as God the Father. He's as powerful as God the Son. And he's as powerful as himself. That's the Holy Spirit. Put your hands together for the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit is the power of the triunion God. God is the commander-in-chief. He gives the instructions. Jesus is the implementer of the instruction. But the, the power that makes the thing move is the Holy Spirit. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was dark, the earth was void, and darkness covered the face of the earth. And the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the surface of the waters. And God said, let there be light. If there was no spirit moving, God would have never said, let there be light. That's why even Jesus Christ, when he came on the world, 30 years he did nothing. He just took carpentry, carpentry, until he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Then he started to. I says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. So God gives the instruction. Jesus implements it. And the power to take it out is the Holy Spirit. John chapter 5. Bible says after this was the feast of the Jews. Jesus explains this thing to us in John chapter 5. And Jesus went to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having five porches. In this lay a great multitude of impotent folk of the blind, the halt, and the withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time and troubled the water. Whosoever then first stepped into the water was healed of whatsoever disease that he had. Now there was a certain man which had had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew he had been in that case a long time, he asked the man, Will thou be made whole? And the impotent man said, Say, I have no one to put me in the water while it is troubled. For while I am yet coming, another stepped down before me. And Jesus said to the impotent man, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And the Bible says, And the impotent man rose. He took up his bed and he walked. And the same day was the Sabbath. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus went to a place. There were so many sick people there. The Bible says, in this lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of the blind. Now, he begins to classify the different impotence. He says, the blind, the halt, and the withered. Some were blind, some couldn't walk, and some were withering. They were just drying. May God add some oil to your life. Some of us are young, but we are drying already. Thank God for makeup. Somebody say amen. amen. So Jesus went, and surprisingly, I was expecting Jesus to heal a lot of the people there. But that day, he healed only one person, which was not really Jesus' style. Because when Jesus comes on the scene, he heals a lot of diseases, a lot of results, a lot of problems. But that day, he healed only one person. Later on in verse 17, he explains why he healed only one person. He said, the son can of himself do nothing. 
except what he sees the father doing. He explains why there were so many people. Look, there was the church, Bible says in, in, in this church called Bethesda, it had five porches, which a porch is an overflow. It's not the main place. It had five different overflows. And it, there were people just there waiting for a miracle. And he came and healed only one. Later, they were arguing with him. So he explained to them why he healed only one person. He says, the son, God the son, God Jesus Christ, the one that we know. He says he can do nothing except the father gives the commandment. Then he goes to the And then when he, Jesus said to the important man, rise, take up your bed and walk. Then the Holy Spirit comes into play. That's why we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. He comes into play and then he raises the man onto his feet and he starts to walk. He explains it. The son cannot do anything except what he sees the father. The Holy Spirit is what? The power. Next one. The Holy Spirit is a person. I'm killing all the misconceptions in your head. Then we'll pray for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. Tebohor. Is that what you say your name is? The Holy Spirit is a person like this Tebohor man sitting next to you. Can you touch him? Touch him. Let's see. Is he real? The Holy Spirit is as real as this man sitting here. In John 14, Jesus said, verse 16 says, And I'll pray the Father, and he will send you another comforter who will be with you forever. Then 17 explains, he says, this guy, the world doesn't know him and they can't see him. But you know him because he's in you and with you. Now, when, when Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit, he used the, the pronoun he. Now, art students begin to smile. He says, the world does not know him. The personal pronoun, him. Then he says, he is in you. Anytime we use him, he, she, I, we are talking about real human beings. If it was not, he wasn't a human or a person, we will say it. He said, the world does not know it because it cannot see it. But it is with you and it is in you. But it says, the world does not know him. Neither can they see him. But you know him because he is in you and with you. The Holy Spirit is a real human being. That's why I said that book, when you read it, you will see he will come out of the book. When he comes out of the book, every day you'll be looking around. Ah, I, feel, I feel somebody moving in this way. Is he? You'll start to even behave like a mental patient. Because you become conscious of his presence. You can literally feel him there. Yeah. I laid in my bed three days just reading the book. I don't go anywhere. I'm just reading. reading. The, the furthest place I go is to go and wee wee and come back. It's like he's, he, he, he's, he, he's, it's almost like, wow, there he is. My God. So somebody will say, ah, but if he's there, why can't we see him? Where's his body? Do you know that it's not your body that makes you a human being or makes you a person? Human being is, but makes you a, it's not your body. If it was your body, when we cut off your arm, your arm we'll say you are half a human being. 
I say that again. If it was your body that makes you a human being, if we cut, somebody gets an accident, his legs are cut off, we'll say he's a half person. Half of him is gone. No. There are things that make you human. Bible talks about Lazarus and the rich man. Bible says there was a certain rich man who was clothed in pebble, eating sumptuously, and there was a poor beggar by his table, desiring to be fed from the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the rich man died and was buried. It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. And it also came to pass that the rich man died and was buried. But when he was buried, the Bible says, in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and seared Father Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, for I am tormented. Send Lazarus to dip his finger in water to cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Now, I thought we buried the rich man. But when he was in hell, he was still a real person. He could see. He could do everything. What makes you a human being? There are three things that makes you a person. I'll surprise you. One of it is your emotion. The other one is your intellect. And I think the third one is your mind. Your emotion. You have feelings. He said, I'm in hell. I feel. I am tormented. Torment. You don't see torment. You feel torment. Unless it's a visual torment. You feel, he said, I am tormented. He could feel tormented in hell. And his mind could work because he saw Lazarus. He said, ah, Nanku Lazarus. I see him. He could think. He could think. The Holy Spirit can think. That's why in certain parts of the Bible, they call him the spirit of wisdom. The Holy Spirit can feel. The Bible says, quench not the spirit. Grieve not the spirit. Blaspheme. Don't blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. He has feelings. Many of us, the Holy Spirit has stopped talking to us because the places you have been taking the Holy Spirit to, even the Holy Spirit feels uncomfortable. You have taken the Holy Spirit to every nightclub in Devon. Yeah, yeah, you take him there Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday you come to church. <sighs> so now the Holy Spirit, even when he's moving with you, he's not sure. He's afraid. Hey, hey, I could. This guy, I don't know where he's going to take me again. Yeah, taking him to very strange places. Doing very strange things. Sometimes he has to close his one eye. This girl, look at what she's doing. Oh no, I don't want to see it. Oh no, she's going to do it again. Oh, 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 she has done it. He has feelings. I was telling somebody today that I tell people, do this. I told all of them, do something. Only one person has done it. So, I don't want to spoil my relationship with you. I'm a natural, my natural disposition is being nice. So, so that I don't spoil my relationship with you, I won't tell you anything again. Why are you saying mercy? Because the more I tell you, the more disobedient you become. The more disobedient you, 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 you become, the more I don't want to be with you. Do, do you get it? So, then I just continue watching and we all go forward in the name of the Lord. But which one do you prefer? So when I see every day I'm angry with you because when I tell you something, you don't do it. So we are always fighting. Or I don't tell you anything, so we are always smiling. Everybody is free. <laughs> yeah, I told, I told all of them. Even after I said it, then Bishop saw what I had said, then he said it again. Up to today, we are waiting for all of them to do something. Nobody has done anything. So I was telling one of the guys, so 
You see, when I tell you one, I tell you the second one. I don't want you to become my enemy. So from there, I just watch you. That's all. So the day you are willing to obey, you will see no instruction is coming. That's how the Holy Spirit is. You say, oh, leave this boy, okay? Uh, Holy Spirit, you don't know how long it took me for even a boy to smile at me. That you are saying I should leave this boy. Leave him. He's not taking an... Hey, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, be careful. <laughs> Look, Holy Spirit, times are different. Times are different, Holy Spirit. Now, uh, if I don't... Look at... Holy Spirit, look at my age. Calculate my age and see. How many options do I have? Please, Holy Spirit, I'm going to keep this boy, whether you like him or not. Holy Spirit, you are jealous. Holy Spirit, you are very jealous. So after that, Holy Spirit says, okay, I'm just here. You just be doing what you are doing. He can be grieved. He's a real person. That's why he can be grieved. And yet again, let me ask you, have you seen God's body before? But you believe that he's real. It's only Jesus that once upon a time, we saw him coming to walk on the earth. But God, we have never even seen him walking on the earth, but you believe that he's real. Why wouldn't you believe that the Holy Spirit is a real person? Yeah, you never address God. It. No. You say he. Yeah. You are even afraid to say it. Even when you are writing here, you make sure you write capital H. Yeah, next time, if I write small H, you have a very bad dream, you will see what will happen to you. It's a real person. Final, my final point, and then we'll pray. Where is the Holy Spirit? I close with this one. Where is the Holy Spirit? Let's start with God. Where is God? Isaiah 6, 1, the Bible says that in the year King Hosiah died, I, Isaiah, I saw the Lord seated on his throne, and the trail of his glory filled the whole earth. So we know from Isaiah that God is seated on his throne. Where is God's throne? David tells us the heavens are his throne and the earth his footstool. So immediately we know where God is. He's sitting on his throne. And God's throne is not at the union building. He's in heaven. So we know God is sitting in heaven. So we ask ourselves, okay, God is in heaven, so God is not on this earth. Fine. Where is Jesus Christ? We are coming to the Holy Spirit. Where is Jesus Christ? Crazy. Well, 2,000 years ago, I saw him walking around in Jerusalem. But after they killed him, he has not been there again. I mean, if you went somewhere, they killed him, will you be there again? Jesus is in heaven. Hebrews 12, the Bible says, that seeing that we are encompassed by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every sin and every filth or every weight that easily doth beset us. Verse 2, it tells us that we should look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, watch this, despised the shame, and then what? Is now set at the right hand of God. So we know where Jesus is sitting. God is sitting on his throne, and Jesus is sitting at his right hand. They are chatting. They are playing dice. Do you know dice? Or they are playing Monopoly. Yeah. Or chess. They are sitting in heaven and they are playing chess. I mean, sometimes I play games with my children. Sometimes I watch soccer with them. Like tomorrow, I watch soccer with them. If their mother allows me. I watch soccer with them. So God is also sitting in heaven. And his son, who is Jesus Christ, is sitting by him and they are playing dice. So, where is the Holy Spirit? John 14. 
the same scripture we read, John 14, 17. It says, where it tells us that the world cannot see him, neither can they know. He said, but you know him because he is with you and in you. The Holy Spirit is with us. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is with us. I told you nine o'clock I'll be done. The Holy Spirit is with us. That's the reality. He is with us. Many Christians don't want to accept it. How do we know? Because when you need anything, the first person you think about is Jesus. Look, let me tell you, Jesus, don't tell him I told you he's in heaven. He's very far away from you. No, don't tell him I told you. I'm just telling you as your pastor. He is in heaven. Sitting next to... Look, the, if the, the only thing Jesus does for us is that he prays for us. He's finished with us. He has already died for us. What else do you want? What else do you want? But we are so used to Jesus that anytime we have an issue, say, oh, Jesus, help me, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, help me. Listen. Jesus is not going to help you. I'm sad to let you know. He's not going to help you. He's sitting in heaven. Drinking juice. Yeah. You are surprised. No. He's not going to help you. The person who is with you. And has the power to help you. He's called the Holy Spirit. That's why when Jesus was leaving, he explained to his disciples, it's good for you that I go away. I'm actually helping you by going away. Because when I go away, the one who's coming, hey, as for that guy, he can help everybody. He explained to them, me, I, when I'm in Deban, I can't be in Marysburg. Like tonight, there's a meeting in Marysburg. I can't be, I'm here. The reason why I can't be there is because I'm here. They will hope if I was preaching this message there by now, it would be like a World Cup finals. But I'm here. So I can't be there. So Jesus was saying, me, I can only be here with you. If I go away, I'm away. Don't you remember the day I went away from you? You were trying to cross the sea and you started to drown. You don't remember. Uh-huh. I can't be with you all the time. But that guy, he can be here, there, there. They're all over the place. Helping everybody. Helping everybody. Helping. He can be helping you. Helping him. Helping him. Helping her. Helping him. Helping everybody. That's the guy. So Jesus said, it's better for you. It's helpful for you. It's good for you that I go away. Yeah. I know you like me. I know you love me. So Jesus, stay with us forever. Even when, when he suggested to his disciples that he has to die, Peter was so angry. Peter said, over my dead body. Jesus said, don't worry, that can also be arranged. Right. Your dead body, there's not difficult. We can do that one also. Yeah, that's the day Jesus said to Peter, Satan, get baby. That's the day Jesus calls, called Peter, Satan. He said, you, Satan, get thee behind. He said, when I go away, that guy, when he comes, the Bible calls him the comforter or the helper. He can help everybody at the same time. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is here with us. He's here with us. Not only is he here to help us, he's here to also teach us. 
John 14, 26, the Bible says, And the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, when He's come, He will teach you all things. He's here to teach us. He's here to help us. That problem you have, that you have been asking Jesus to help all these days, it's time to ask the Holy Spirit. He is the one that Jesus gave to us to help us and to be with us in the time that we are away from Jesus. Yeah. He's the one. He's the one. So you're having problems at school. It's time to say, Holy Spirit, help me. It's time to say, Holy Spirit. It's, look, it's time to stop saying, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. No, 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 no. It's time to say, Holy Spirit, Jesus left you to help me. So help me. You are going through financial issues. It's time to say, Jesus, thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit, help me in this, my case. You're having a, a relationship problem. You don't even know where to pass. Whether you should hold the head or the... You know, some, some problems are like crabs. When you hold this side... It comes up with this side. When you hold this side, it comes up with this leg. When you hold the leg, it comes up with another leg. Hey! When you hold both arms and the leg, it starts to bite you. Look, I've seen two people fighting before. As they were fighting, the guy, one guy had pinned the other guy down. Then the guy who had been pinned down, he bit the guy's nose. Yeah. So he took the nose off like that. Pop. There are some problems like that. They are very nebulous. Tell your neighbor nebulous. One of my favorite pastors, he used to use the word nebulous. He's my favorite pastor of all time. It's, it's nebulous. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that this year we'll be able to bring him to marriage. But nebulous. Some problem, look, some relationship problems, it's almost like there's no solution. Sometimes you look at yourself and guy, you don't know how you are going to be able to live without this girl. Meanwhile, she does, you are not even on her radar. I've been a pastor for a very long time. I've been a pastor for almost 20 years. And I've seen these cases over and over and over again. Sometimes you see a girl, she's madly in love. And you can see, even today I saw somebody's status. I keep missing people I'm not supposed to miss. I started to pray for her. I said, oh God, help her. Help her, Holy Spirit. Help this girl. Hey! Look, never fall in love with somebody you cannot have. I've not finished. If I start, I'll spoil it. I've not finished. Let me finish and I'll say it again. And never have anybody you cannot fall in love with. Now I can say it again. Never fall in love with anybody you cannot have. <laughs> and never have anybody you cannot fall in love with. These are the two most miserable situations in life. You are writing it down. I can WhatsApp it to you. Don't worry. Just remind me I WhatsApp it to you. <laughs> it's like, look. This is Reverend David. You can't have him. We all know he's... Look, he's one of the few pastors with Jerry Kells. 
when I saw his scales, I said, wow, I want to be like this man. When you see a nice man like that, you say, oh, he's nice. We all agree that he's nice. He's very kind. We all agree. I mean, the way he even takes care of us. Oh, what a nice man. We all agree. That's what that, we don't deny it. It would be nice to, to have him as a husband. We all agree. We don't, we don't even think that you are bad. Even what you are thinking, we don't even think that you are a bad person. Because we all think the same. Do you see? We, it's not because you are good. It's just that we don't think that you are bad. But the reality is that you can't have him. So it is in your interest to just disconnect and gather all that and put it somewhere else that you can have. Because as for this particular feeling, oh, as for this particular feeling, it's going to lead you to your grave. You will never be happy for the rest of your life because you want this one, but you can't have it. So every day you come, oh, but you can't have it. Oh, but you can't. Every, you, every day you wake up to a broken heart and you sleep to a broken heart. Yeah. Then the other one is that also don't have somebody you can't love. So, oh, I was really, you know, we, have, we made that mistake and she got pregnant. Meanwhile, you can't love her. So, I'll marry her for the baby. For the rest of your life, you'll be miserable. I said, for the rest of your life, you will be miserable. It's like you are having it because necessity makes it so. Yeah, necessity is laid on you. I feel very bad for him. So I'm going to have him. Very bad. Very bad is different from love. Very, feeling very bad. Feeling very bad. Feeling heartbroken for him. Feeling sympathy for him. It's not enough to be with him. Yeah. 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 You know, I feel bad if, if I tell him no, his heart is going to be broken. Eh. What is going to happen is that for the rest of your life, your heart will be broken. Yeah. 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 So sometimes you, you see, you didn't, somebody said, where were you last year? Why didn't you say this last year? So sometimes you have not heard it and you have already gone into a, 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 a relationship of convenience or inconvenience. Whichever one is right. And you don't know how to solve it. Jesus said, the helper is the Holy Spirit. The helper is the Holy Spirit. The person to, the person to help you is not Jesus. Your husband is treating you badly. You don't know which way to go. It's time to turn to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit. You see that guy over there who says he's my husband. Please work on him, work on him, work on him, work on him. I have talked for many years. He's not changing. Work on him. Yeah. Today as I was coming, I was asking the people in the car, what is your greatest fear? What is your greatest fear? Then 
I told them what my, my greatest fear is that the Holy Spirit will leave me to do what I like. Hey! There will be a lot of chaos in KwaZulu Natal. I'm telling you. Oh, I'm being honest with you. I won't lie to you. That the Holy Spirit decides that you know something. Do what you like. Hey! Oh. A lot of people will kill each other. That's actually the first manifestation that will... The people, you will see people starting to kill each other. Yeah. Yeah. There will be a decrease in population. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The Holy Spirit is who we need. It's only the Holy Spirit. Because when I look at myself, when I look at my, when I say myself, I mean me. My tendencies. If it's not the Holy Spirit deciding that you know something, you won't do this. You won't do that. You won't do this. You, even today when we were coming, I said something in the car. The whole car went silent. All you could hear was the revving of the engine. Everybody was quiet in the car. Yeah. So, we need the Holy Spirit so badly. That's why I said it will, it's better you have the Holy Spirit than if you have a Mercedes Benz. Yeah, because that's the helper. I don't know which direction to go with my life. I'm finishing school in December. What am I going to do? It's just tentative. It's the Holy Spirit. What am I going to do? Please show me what we are going to do. The Bible says he will teach you all things. Is it nine o'clock? It's nine o'clock. Folks, my time is up. Stand to your feet. Let's, let's share a word of prayer. I'm here tomorrow night, God willing. And I'm here Sunday morning. We'll continue more on the Holy Depending on which side of the bed we wake up tomorrow, then we see what to go. As the Holy Spirit, there's so much to say about him. But I want us all to pray. Now, we're going to pray for a while, not too long. But I want us all to pray. And as we pray, we are praying for only one thing. First, I want us to pray and say, Holy Spirit, forgive us for not placing you where you ought to be. That's the first prayer. Have mercy on us. Forgive us for not placing you where we should have placed you. Lift up your voice and pray right now. Say it. Say just exactly what I've said. Say it to them. Say, Holy Spirit. Even if you don't know how to pray, it doesn't matter. Just say, Holy Spirit, have mercy on me. Forgive me for not placing you where you ought to be. Forgive me for not placing you high on my radar. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy on us. Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Brandolos, Kipaloba, Shepalolo, Randelebekantos, Kipin, Dorian Talababa, Riantolobo, Kaliba. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Hallelujah. Now open your eyes and look at me quickly. Now we are going to pray because Jesus said how much, will, how much more will our Heavenly Father give us the Holy Spirit. So we are going to pray the prayer Jesus asked us to pray. And we are going to ask for the Holy Spirit. Now as you are asking for the Holy Spirit, it's not like you don't have the Holy Spirit. But you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit continuously. Jesus prayed for his disciples to be filled with the Holy Spirit continuously. And even after he left, he said, wait, the Holy Spirit will come upon you again. When he comes, then you start doing what you have to do. 
Do you get it? So it's not, we are not saying you don't have the Holy Spirit. Maybe also you don't have the Holy Spirit. Let's be serious. But that's not what we are saying. We are all just praying. Lord, pour out your Spirit upon me. Lord, pour out your Spirit. Lord, give me your Spirit. Holy Spirit, come on me. Holy Spirit, come on me. This is a simple prayer. Everybody can pray. Now, let, let, I want you to forget about your neighbor. In the next 10, 15 minutes, we'll be done. Forget about your neighbor. You are dealing with a real person who is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is closer to you than even your neighbor is. So just concentrate on the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, give me your spirit. Give me the Holy Spirit. Lift your voice and just pray wherever you are. Pray wherever you are. Pray wherever you are. Pray wherever you are. Man, toloboski, palola. Lord, pour your spirit upon us. Pour your spirit upon us. Holy Spirit, we know who you are now. 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 Now come upon each and every one, Lord. Come upon each and every Come upon us, Lord. Come upon us. Come upon us, Lord. Fill this temple, Lord. Fill this temple, Lord. Fill this temple. Fill this temple. Fill this temple, Lord. Brando Lobos, Kepalolale. Kaloba, Kabalolo, Kabalolo, Kabalolo. Ripo, Sipo, Lekato, Sikaelaba. Palekato, Sipa, Keloba. Repetota, Lekatota, Sipatatola. Rapelobo, Kamaloba, Kamaloba, Kamaloba. Kebolobo sipalelo kantos kipaleba lepato sipale keto sipayala randolobo randelebe brendelebe just asking for his spirit asking for his spirit asking for his spirit my god my god the presence of the lord is here the presence of the lord is here meko lepakelaba kebolobo sipalelo kaleba we believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Reverend Daniel Farley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 078-038-2166. God richly bless you.